Hi everyone, this is Amber Shao, founder and CEO of Adorsis, a laboratory data management software company. Welcome to Adorsis Lab Software Podcast. Joining me today is Mac Sonnen. Mac is a principal consultant at Venture Scope Consulting located in Sunnyvale, California. Mac started software development in 1984 and was introduced to the world of software validation at Bell Laboratories. Since 1995, he has been applying software validation methodology and techniques for the FDA regulated industries, especially in the in vitro diagnostic field known as IVD. Companies he helped successfully by applying software validation methodology and techniques include 23andMe, Grill, which was acquired by Illumina, Johnson & Johnson, Abbott, and other Silicon Valley startups. Hi, Mac, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Good to have you on the show. So, you know, I have worked with um, validation consultant quite a few times to um, validate our softwares. And I, I, I do find the work behind the validation is quite complicated. And there seems to be a lot of confusion behind what to do, what not, and what software to validate and what not. So this is why I'm very excited to have the opportunity to speak with you because I know you have extensive experience in this uh, software validation area as well as software development. So in the next few episodes, we're going to cover a various topic behind the software validation. And I hope this will shed some light on this topic for our listeners. Let's start with some basic on the software validation. The, what is the software validation and why does one need it? Yeah, software validation is a series of activities that establish confidence that the software is fit for use for its intended uses. Now, intended uses and fit for use are the big words because let me give you some example. Like if you look at the thermometer and temperature, and if you're just cooking some soup and you want to measure the temperature of the soup, if it's like a 90 degrees Celsius or 91 degrees Celsius, it doesn't really matter to you as long as it's hot enough and it's tasty. But if you're, if you're not feeling well and try to measure your body temperature now, if your body temperature measures up to like 37 degrees Celsius or 36 degrees Celsius, that's the, there is a huge difference in terms of interpretation of your body temperature. So intended uses means the application of the particular use of the temperature or the device in this case. So it's almost like you have to make sure the software works um, in the way how you want to use it whether you're using it for the, for the thermometer for the soup or you're using it for uh, to measure a, a, a real patient, the, the expectation is very different. So that's why you want to validate it so that to make sure it's for a specific purpose. Yes, that's exact. Let me just come back to the same example for internal uses. If the body temperature goes to like a 35 degrees Celsius or 34 degrees Celsius, then your body temperature is way too low. The software is supposed to give you some kind of warning because you need to really seek doctor's help immediately. And that's the kind of things the software uh, is required to be fit for use for internet uses. Is this a general definition or it's only applied to a specific field? I mean, the, the industry I'm in, it's mostly related to the lab, 
biotech, life science, and uh, so is this definition just for this area? Well, it's the general principle of software validation that for medical field, it concerns with human body and human health. Mm -hmm. So the intended use is always revolving around the human health as opposed to say some type of cryptography and cryptography mm -hmm. validation is to make sure the cryptography is strong enough so that it cannot be easily broken mm -hmm. for intended uses mm -hmm. you know so intended uses and the software validation principle is universally it's, it's applied that for health industry that evolves around human health I know there's a um, lot of terms. I think one of the things I get confused uh, when I work with validation is because um, is around the you know terminologies. There's different terms that um, I find it's not that easy for people to just kind of grasp very quickly. You know, for example, I use the term software validation, but I also heard the term computer system validation. Are they the same um, or are they different? Well, that's a, that's a very good point because nowadays computer systems validation and software validations are interchangeably used. However, there is a historical background because software validation is something uh, FDA uses for uh, medical device, like especially in the early days of FDA paying attention to the software, the software validation most often strictly applied to embedded software. Embedded software, the kind of things like software goes into a handheld device or the kind of machinery. Whereas computer systems validation applies to mostly pharmaceutical industry where the drugs and pills are manufactured, being manufactured and bottled in a huge factory environment. So computer systems connected into factory manufacturing machine in the pharmaceutical environment. So those are the computer systems, almost like a production manufacturing computer systems validation. And computer systems validation is uh, it's the recognized term by you know by the pharmaceutical association standard group called GAMP. So, there, so, th so those are historically two different, coming from two different sources. But nowadays, so those terms are interchangeably used. And also the other thing I heard um, often is validation could be synonymous with testing. Is that true? Well, uh, it's, not, it's not equal. It's the software validation involves more than testing, but Software testing is definitely part of software validation. Software validation includes more activities because software testing uh, alone is not enough to, coming back to my original point, it's not enough to assure that software fits for intended uses. Mm -hmm. So validation is uh, activity is much bigger set uh, than- Yeah, much bigger sets. Say, let's, let's go back to this uh, thermometer example. For lower temperature, temperature measurement software, it's supposed to give warning if the temperature goes way too low and telling user, please seek uh, doctor assistance immediately. The kind of warning is necessary, but 
if if it wasn't part of the design and if it wasn't part of the original software specification, then the tester will simply check if the software displays the temperature, the correct number. There was the real case, real published case among FDS vehicle like back in late 1990s when Johnson Johnson's or handheld medical device uh, had, had this kind of uh, design built in. And so um, when the blood glucose reading came way too low and the old, old lady was measuring her blood glucose and because it, was, it wasn't really designed to warn her that if the blood glucose level falls way too low and the software only generated error message. Error message saying error, error, error. And so the old lady didn't know what to do and didn't seek immediate help to the doctor. So she passed away and then FDA looked at, looked at the situation. Eventually the product was recalled and the product has to be uh, pulled out from the market. Now, uh, did software tester do anything wrong? No, software tester performed the testing perfectly according to the specification. But the people didn't challenge the software design in terms of the risk assessment. The risk assessment should point to that when the blood glucose level falls way too low, that's, that's the danger to the user. Therefore, the error message should display saying, please seek immediate help instead of just displaying error message saying error. So software test doesn't really challenge the design and you have to challenge the design. And in order to challenge the design of the software, you have to look at the software, software development process. Therefore, software validation includes the review of the software design process. That's a very interesting story. It makes total sense now. So I understand based on what type of labs um, the software is for, and there's different regulations the software should be uh, uh, complying with. For example, FDA, CLIA, um, GXP, or 21 CFR Part 11. Those are just a few I have came across. Um, I'm sure there's plenty more. Could you just uh, briefly explain uh, what they are? Yeah, GXP, it's like sort of buzzword. Uh, GXP is X, supposed to be replaced with uh, GCP. C stands for clinical, so good clinical practice or good manufacturing practice, GMP. Middle character changes depending on the use of the application of the regulation. So therefore people just come up with, instead of saying GCP or GMP or GLP, good love practice, they put X, try to apply this FDA good practice uh, regulation to the broader category. 21 CFR Part 11 is the FDA's uh, regulatory for electronic signature and electronic record. And this was the FDA's intention to replace paper copy of the data and paper copy of the signature. So there are two portions. One portion is the electronic signature. You have to prove 
that electronic signature or digital signature is equivalent to the paper sign that, that you sign on. And then electronic record that you have to prove that, that you are generating computer generated data and records are equivalent to the paper record so that it can, you know, it cannot be duplicated. And if it's copied and it's, it's supposed to say it's copy and it cannot be tampered with. It's harder to change record on the paper, but it's much easier to change digital record. Therefore, once you generate digital record, and if you are in compliance field and try to comply with 21 CFR Part 11, then your digital record supposed to remain as untampered. Validating computer system is such a lengthy and resource-intensive process. A lot of people are complaining about it. So from your experience, is there any other benefit coming out of this process other than satisfying the regulatory requirement? Let, let me just quote uh, FDA's finding, because when FDA approves medical device, which includes in vitro diagnostic medical test, uh, lab test, when those medical devices are approved and goes to the market, and then people complain, mostly filed by hospitals and medical practitioners. And so the FDA corrects those complaints and they looked at the nature of the complaint. They found roughly one third, like 33% or 35%, roughly one third of the complaint are indeed in software failure or software fault or software error, something to do with software. So that's why FDA wants to have uh, more, you know, more strict uh, FDA regulation on the software and, and, and requiring validation by the time software, either as the lab process or part of the medical device, is released to the public. It's make, it, it is crucial that software functions as intended and will not cause any unnecessary harm to the user. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so we covered some basic concepts on the software validation. Thank you so much for sharing that information um, with us. So in oh, the you're next very few, welcome. Yeah, in the next few episodes, we're going to dive into more specifics on the validation process and methodology. I look forward to speaking with you again. Sure.